Hi there, and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Chicago Maroons Artscast, the only podcast of the Chicago Maroon podcast section that deals with the arts. I'll be your host, Max Miller, and we've got quite a lineup for you today. First, we'll be sitting down to interview off-off campus member Ellen Askey, second year, who has a penchant for improv. After that, we'll head over to the Harris School of Public Policy to interview Coco Yim, one of the hosts of a podcast called Naked Love over there, where they take questions and interview students about their love lives or lack of love lives. So if you want to hear whether or not data scientist nerds at the Harris School can get it together and get some love in their lives, then stay tuned. I'm sitting down today with Alan Askey, who is a second-year student in the college at the University of Chicago, who is also a member of the Off-Off Campus Improv Group. Could you tell us a little bit about your involvement? Yeah, so um, we start out doing improv and sketch. Um, We do this for four quarters, so we train for two quarters, and then we have a whole season of improv in the spring, and then a whole season of sketch in the next fall. So I just finished that, and now it's kind of free-for-all winter season. So I was in a show earlier, and then this one, eighth week. Okay, so what first got you into doing off-off-campus improv, or just improv in general? If you so I tried to do it in high school. It was not very good. It was just scary. Um, so I actually took a gap year to do, like, standard acting, so not improv either. Like, tr- like seeing how that would go. Like, what, what if? So I was taking a lot of acting classes, um, which are not necessarily improv. They have some improv-like, you know, exercises or methods, but not improv. I went to one, like, improv bash kind of thing, and that was also really scary. So I don't know. I guess just the toils of that year helped me just feel more confident or whatnot um coming into the audition for off off i didn't expect i didn't expect anything to come of that so it was kind of just you know you go in thinking like what whatever and then that works yeah do you have any um lasting memories of your audition that you think turned the tide yeah well my partner um was very bossy in all of her little scenes with me so I guess I had to deal with that and being on like the other side of the table now we do look for like how do people deal with things that go wrong <laughs> yeah mm, I would be a terrible fit for off off campus just cry in the corner no I mean people laugh at me they point and stare and laugh maybe I, actually that'd be a good asset to someone that everyone can laugh at in the audience um so do you have any shows coming up do um the eighth week show is our last show of the season um xavier is directing this one so he had this idea um what about movie improv like what is that um so we're gonna try and do three super short trailers at the start and then audience can pick one of them we're thinking and then we do like 30 40 minute like improv movie play from the trailer Possibly. It's still up in the air, which tells you something about, you know, improv. Imp- our <laughs> improv schedule. Yeah. 
what do you do at rehearsals too? I know certain groups like uh, Occam's Razor and Off Off Campus have very strict rehearsal schedules. What do you do at those? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, a lot of people are confused about, you know, how do you rehearse improv? Um, but improv usually has a form, which means um, like, okay, maybe you, someone tells a story of their childhood or something, and then we pull from that in the next scenes. Um, and then this repeats, you know, in some pattern. So it's like getting that down. And what's hard is kind of how do you do a scene in two minutes? How do you do a play in 45 minutes? Kind of like working on how to scale what we do to fit the time frame of the form. That's a lot of it. But also like warm up takes a good 25 minutes. Sometimes that's just singing. Where do you guys perform? The Revival. We perform at the Revival. Yeah, right next to the Nile. Yeah, so there's this whole thing about their stage being porous. Porous, like little holes in the wood. It's wood. Wood is porous. And so the the owner of the revival is like, we can't have any liquids on stage. No, and this means we can't use like a carrot as a prop or anything. So what do your shows look like? How much of it is improv and how much of it consists of sketches? Usually a show is all improv or all sketch which do you like more i like improv more sketch is hard it's we're writing in rehearsal out of rehearsal learning lines blocking it getting the props or at least our directors did that they did a lot they do a lot in sketch season how many people are on off off campus by the way so there's eight people in my generation so who was cast together and rehearsed together um, eight in the younger generation, um, and then there's mm, probably like five on campus now in the upper generation, and like a few less in the highest generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what group of of performers can we see now? So, like for example, this eighth week show has um, four of us from my generation and then Jack from the generation above and Val from the generation above that. Yeah, a little mix. Yeah, and both Jack and Val had trained us, so it's like, oh, we're working with our mentors. <laughs> How long has Off Off Campus been in existence? 32 years. <laughs> Why is it called Off Off Campus? I don't know, but the other day I was thinking about Broadway and off-Broadway and off-off-Broadway. And I was like, what? Is that what we're named off of? When is the next show that you are going to be in? Eighth week. I'm going to be in the eighth week show. That's in four days. And I know off-off campus is known for putting posters up everywhere that have it, all their funny, witty names for their shows. Which one, which is the name of this one? The Fart in Our Stalls. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Do you want to do improv with me? Let's do a scene. Let's do a scene. <clears throat> yeah, there's a, there's a problem with this ship, Billy. What do you mean? Mr. Oxford, what do you mean? Billy, if you look into the horizon, does it wiggle? Does what wiggle? Yeah, I suppose it wiggles a little bit. You know what I think, Billy? I think there's a storm coming from underneath this boat. I think it's a storm. How is that possible, Mr. Oxford? I think we're being attacked by a submarine. 
Really, Billy? Wow, that's a great premonition to have, Mr. Oxford. Billy, as my prime pupil, I need you. I need you to. I need you to save yourself. Not me! Do you understand what I'm saying? There's a legacy at stake. It's our legacy. I can't I can't live from a submarine attack. You can. You can. You can just trick them with your charm and humor and uh, charm the submarine. Charm the submarine. It's exactly. Just sing to it and um, maybe they'll spare you and you can publish our paper. Thirty years <laughs> on the ways of charming, charming submarines with whale siren songs. Our, l our research paper we've been working on for thirty years, Mister Oxford, <laughs> on on charming submarines. I do love my whale siren songs. I know, and I just could I could I hear it one last time? Of course, Mister Oxford. Me, me love whales. Well, I love when you harmonize with me, Mr. Oxford. <laughs> I try, I try my best. This will be the last time. Oh, do you think it still looks like a submarine now that it's popped up a little? That's definitely a whale. A whale. I think we've attracted it with our siren that whale songs. Whale. Oh, all the better, all the better. Me love whale. <laughs> This has been Ellen Askey. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me, Max. Pleasure to be here. I'm sitting down right now with Coco Yim, who is a first-year Harris Public Policy graduate student. And... Thank you for your time, Coco, first off. Yeah, no worries. Where are you from, by the way? I'm from Hong Kong. Okay. Yeah. And are you enjoying your hair studies? Uh, I am, yeah. And I actually got my undergraduate degree in Michigan, and so it's like Midwest again for me. And What yeah. did you do at Michigan? Uh, biomedical engineering. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> so you made a big pivot then. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people ask um, why, why I switched from biomedical engineering to public policy. Um, I guess it's because I don't really like laboratory work. Or, like, I really want more hands-on experience, so, mm. yeah. Sure. Your podcast, Naked Love, uh -huh. in which you talk about the love lives and lack of lug li love lives of hair students, right? Uh, Could you elaborate on that? Really, not really <laughs> lack of love life. It's just, so the idea came from one night when I was just, you know, like, talking with my best friend, Elaine. Um, she's also a first-year uh, master student in, sorry, she's also a first-year public policy student in, in Harris, and we were just talking about love and relationships, like our own experiences. And then um, this just like this idea just struck us like we can actually talk about this, you know, on the air. And like we can ask our friends about their own love experiences as well. And maybe we, like we can figure out something from like uh, what we learn in class, especially in our analytical politics class where we learn about like commitment problems or two body problems or like other um concepts that we can probably apply in real life and so that idea struck us and we both agreed to do that and um we are both part of the podcast team right now in harris and so we just pursue it nice yeah. and I'm, I'm surprised this actually has a tie-in to your public policy studies yeah yeah wow. yeah um because like 
public policy is like executing or like planning policies under constraints and we feel like relationship is just like making a lot of decisions under the constraint of you know what does she like or what does he like mm -hmm. and under the constraint of like are, are both per, uh, people even in the same location right because like in terms of long distance relationship um just a lot of constraints yeah. and also in my podcast um we talked about international students how difficult it is for us to um look for someone to date because like we don't know where we're going to be at after two years and so yeah mm. just different constraints tell me is there some sort of podcast scene in hong kong what drove you to get involved in podcasts actually podcast isn't too common in hong kong so like hmm. when i was talking to my friends in hong kong about this they don't really understand what it is radio is more common and facebook right yeah um but i guess like podcast is more like a western thing um i joined uh i started to do like podcast work is because i want to expose myself to something that I'm not familiar with and also because I that time I started listening to like The Economist and Foreign Policy and I just think that it's really cool to you know have my own podcast channel yeah and my platform to speak to do you have any funny stories off the top of your head that you can remember talking about on your podcast um not if it's confidential no nah. um I will tell it let's see I think the funny thing is actually the end of the podcast like the end of the episode when elaine just you know came up with a question and say like so coco what is your perfect um date spot in chicago and then like honestly i don't really have a perfect date spot for me it's like a perfect date plan and so i just whatever's splash good splash you know, out whatever makes you happy yeah <laughs> like a full day's date plan to her and then she was like oh i'm glad i'm not dating you and then like <laughs> in the end she was like coco should i edit that out i was, just, I was like oh yeah sure <laughs> just in case someone else is listening to this not a good thing to hear <laughs> oh god yeah so it's it's funny <laughs> i would be so scared to be featured have my story featured on something called naked love like um. <laughs> well the name naked love comes from like the text the statistical textbook that we're using mm-hmm because it's called like naked statistics, I think. And <laughs> naked so, statistics. Yeah. That sounds so much more interesting than I'm sure it is. Yeah. So one is like lady tasting tea, and the other one is naked statistics, if I remember correctly. Yes, I think so. Um, that's why we call our episode Naked Love. Mm. Yeah. You really have to be in the know on that one. I walked around, saw the posters, and I thought it was just like a really yeah, right? risque yeah. podcast. Credit to Lane's brother for making those posters <laughs> really eye catching. Yeah. 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 Um, so if you like public policy and applying it to love, naked or otherwise, make sure to tune in to <laughs> Coco Yim's podcast called Naked Love from the UChicago University of Chicago Public, public Policy, policy podcast. podcast, UC3P. Thank you so much for your time, Coco. Yeah, thank you. This has been another episode of the Chicago Maroons Artscast. I've been your host, Max Miller, and shout out to Mamansa Dogra for editing this fantastic podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to tune in to our sister podcast, The Maroon Weekly, which is the podcast of the news section on campus. They usually do a lot more important events. They cover those, like Steve Bannon, and whether or not we're even going to have Steve Bannon here. Stay tuned to other episodes of the podcast, not this one because it's over. Have a good week. See you later.